Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. You love the way I say that, don't you, Tom? I do. It sounds like we're in Vegas or a fight's getting ready to break out. Or <laughs> Tom Dorian it's, it's good. It's your radio voice. Hey, you know what? I was walking through the kitchen on the way to the luxurious corner booth, uh-huh. and I noticed we still had a bunch of the Valentine's cookies. You know, every one of these holidays, we like to have we like to cook up some special whatever, and we had these little heart shaped cookies with good the stuff, you know, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, those are great. Because uh, we just had Valentine's Day, and so we yeah. still had some of these cookies left over. They're by, by the way, they're unspecial, just so you know, in case you want, want some of those. <laughs> but actually, it made me think about something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we all experience Valentine's Day, I think, mm-hmm. most of us, who ha- who have a loved one to share that with. Absolutely. And so we love to have Valentine's Day, and so what do we do? The, you know, the world tells us to go out and get some chocolates or some candies and some flowers right. and maybe a card. Or diamonds. Oh, yeah, well, okay. Or, or, or puppies or whatever. <laughs> right. Whatever the, uh, the, the gift gift du jour happens to be. But the world is all about this is how you show your love. And, you know, and, and I, it gets a little disturbing sometimes because you watch all the television shows and, and, and the commercials at, at Valentine's, you know, starting in uh, the end of January, <laughs> right. right? They start having all these, uh, they're selling lingerie and mm-hmm. all these kind of things. And I start to think, you know, it calls into question, you know, if Valentine's Day is really, you know, the, the sort of the lover's holiday. It's about love, right? It is. Cupid and all that kind of stuff. You know, what is it? Well, I'm reminded of a quote from a movie. We love movies. We do. And and maybe you'll know this movie, but it's like, Uh love to love. (laughs) (laughs) The the Princess Bride. I love that movie. So, so, you know, what is. You're not right, man. What is true love? What is true love? You know? See, I'm thinking of Bugs Bunny right now. I can't well, get, you know, I can't it's, get, you it's know. like Elmer Fudd <laughs> exactly. asking the question. Exactly. You know, wub, you know <laughs> what is what is wub, right? Exactly. You know what? Is, what does it? What does it mean? And so, what do we measure love against? And and it's right. just interesting. There's got to be scales out there because apparently, love is measured against you know how much money you spend on either lingerie or some kind of uh, life size teddy bear, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, right? Or 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 uh, whatever. Chocolate covered strawberries. Yeah, yeah, the thing. Exactly. You see, all these things come out every year, and you know, and then everyone feels obligated. Now, I will be honest, I went out and got something for my wife, but. Don't need to share that. No, but. but, Because you didn't. Oh, you better get something quick, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, the point is, you know, when when you look at what the world thinks love is, obviously, Mm -hmm. as as long as you uh, buy one of these, these gifts, then you love your loved one. And if you don't, then you don't. There you right? go. And, 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 and unfortunately, it's kind of a, a skewed sense of love and understanding yeah. love. So I thought maybe what we should do in this, this episode of the Catholic Cafe is to stop for a minute and talk about love. And just what, oh, is, so appropriate. what is true love? Good idea. What does that's that good. mean? Where does it come from? Because obviously, we want one of our great goals is to be Christ-like, isn't it? Absolutely. Right? I mean, we want to be Christ-like. Yeah. And so if we're going to be Christ-like in this world, then... If we want to love in this world, then we have to figure out, well, how did Christ love? Exactly. And one of the best ways to do that is to is to read from Scripture. Perfect. And, and I'm going to read one of my favorite readings that I love to read to the young couples who are preparing for marriage. No pun intended there. Yeah. I, I, always puns are intended when I say them. There you go. 
So I love to read this mm-hmm. to the young couples uh, who are preparing for marriage. This is one of the readings, in fact, that the church offers to couples and says, hey, here's some good readings to choose from for your wedding. Mm-hmm. And here's this uh, reading of St. Paul. Um, he wrote a, a letter to the Ephesians, uh, fifth chapter, and this is a great reading for you. That is a good reading. I know where you're going. And, you know, and the funny thing is, uh, by the way, when, when most mothers of the brides, you know, hear this reading, they're going, oh, no, 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 no. We will not be reading that at my Well, that's because wedding. they're not finishing it. Well, that's they're true. They're stopping in the middle. That's right. That's I'm prob- exactly I'm probably right. giving it away, but No, that's it's okay. true. Well, no, let's, well, let's see what they're, where they're yeah. stopping it. So here we are, um, the, the 21st verse, we're starting there in um, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, mm-hmm. chapter 5. Mm-hmm. Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of his wife just as Christ is head of the church. He himself the savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. And, you know, and to a, Close a, the book. a modern sensibility, <laughs> right, you know, with women's lib and all that kind of stuff. Oh, they're not going to have it. We've had this uh, over the last, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. Right. And, and people have started to get a, sort of a skewed sense of reality. Now, I am in no way saying, and nor is St. Paul saying that wives should be slaves to their husbands. No, not at all. You know, in fact, that's not that's not what he says at all. If you read the whole thing, but but I guess the point, is, and plus, it starts with be subordinate to one another. Right. I mean, that's what Saint Paul says to set the tone. Right. This is not about you know uh, the husband being superior to the wife in any way, shape, or form. Right. But people hear that, and they and they again they measure it against what the world would tell them. The world would tell them that you know, honey, you need to stand up for your rights. You need to speak out. Don't let that man tell you what to do. Exactly. Right. And but that's not even what Saint Paul is suggesting no, here. He's not. So it's basically as the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. And then it says, you know, uh, this is verse 25, husbands, love your wives. Right. And this is what always makes the moms mad. Those, I shouldn't say this. Not all moms feel this way. But, <laughs> but some of them, you know, when they're, they're, they're planning the wedding and it's like, oh, great. So, you know, and, and usually the guys are smirking at this point. The young guys. When they're <laughs> right. you know, reading this to the young couple, oh, the yeah, guy's got a big grin on his face. To close it. He's like going, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. He's smiling. And, and you can see him like elbowing each other. <laughs> and you see the guy kind of like going, honey, you're going to be bringing me a soft drink. And I'm sitting in my recliner, you know, <laughs> right. and, a, and a cheese sandwich while I'm watching the football game. And, right. uh, and you know, that's what's going to be happening. And when happening. I clap, you'll go get second. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, that's what he's thinking in his mind. Right. Right. And the sadness is he hadn't read it either. No. But usually the moms will say, well, we're not reading this. This is not, you know, because, so, you know, these wives have to be submissive or subordinate themselves to their, to their husbands. Right. But all the husband has to do is love the wife. I mean, that's just kind of right. a little lopsided, isn't it? That's what you'd think. Oh, yeah, at first glance. And then, but what, but what happens, right? What happens in that sentence, husbands love your wives, right? We have to read on, don't we? We do. What, how, how does that husband love the wife, right? Right. And so it says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. And handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. <laughs> now, you know, this is this is so beautiful. And it is. I mean, there's this beautiful thing going on here where St. Paul is basically he's he's talking about marriage here. Mm-hmm. And now you're probably thinking, you know, at home as we're listening to this. Wait a second, we're talking about true love, and now all of a sudden you've launched into marriage. Right. But I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But essentially, we are talking about marriage. Right. It, when we talk about true love, we're talking about marriage in the sense that 
we're talking about romantic love here and Valentine's Day and whatnot, true mm-hmm. love. We're going to be talking about marriage yeah. ultimately. But see, St. Paul is making this comparison between Christ's love for the church, mm-hmm. the husband's love for the wife. He's seeing this relationship, this covenantal relationship between, you know, God, the Father, and the people of Israel, the chosen right. people, right? Right. And then between Jesus, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride, the mm-hmm. spotless bride, mm-hmm. and the husband and the wife. He's making the comparison. You know, God uses marriage as a comparison to his relationship with his people. He does. You're right. And so because of that then we should look at our marriages. We should look at our love life, our mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. and just say, well, how does that measure up to God's love? And I dare say some of us have a little work to do. We do. We do. But the important thing is, you know, how did Christ love the church? How does a husband have to love his wife? So the, so the young kid with the smirk on his face because he's thinking he's going to be getting refills galore sitting in his, <laughs> his lazy boy All watching television. All of a sudden he's the whole thing. Yeah, because he's now basically, St. Paul is saying, you know, wives, you, you need to subordinate yourself to your husband because mm-hmm. he's Christ the head, the head of the church. And as the church is in service to the Lord, in service to Jesus, so should you be to your husband, right? right? Lifting him up, right? raising him up. And so we see that. That's great. But then the husband needs to love the wife as Christ loved the church. That means how did Christ love the church? He died for her. Gave his life. You're right. He gave himself totally for the church. And that's where the guys suddenly go, oh, wait a second. Oh, go back to that I'm part. signing up for that. Wait a second. Well, they, now, they, they typically do. <laughs> I know. I'm just talking. They typically do. But you know what? It, it does at least wipe <clears throat> the smirk off their face. Oh, yeah. Because St. Paul's not talking about. And then the moms get that smile all over again, I'm that's sure. That's right. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. He, he, junior's going to have to be, uh, he's going to have to die for my, my little baby girl. Right. Well, that's beautiful. What a beautiful it sentiment. Is. It is. And he does that. Christ did that for the church to present her, right, to heaven, to the, to, right. to the new, to heaven, right. to the new heavens without spot or blemish or any such thing, you know, so that she could be holy without blemish. I just love that, the image. So St. Paul is comparing. You know, your wife, my wife, to the church. Right. Being uh, spotless and without blemish. Right. And being in a holy place. And so those are our wives. See, that's love, that total self-gift. Right. And so we have to look at the attributes of true love. See, what the world would tell us and compare them to what Scripture sounds, what the church teaches, what St. Paul is telling us Mm -hmm. about true love. Then we find out. What Valentine's Day is all about, don't we? Yeah, we do. Because once we do that, then we need to realize, well, maybe we need to step up here in a few different different places. Right. And we're going to talk about those in a second. But before I did that, I do want to mention one other aspect. And a lot of people are thinking, well, good thing I'm not married yet. You know, I just I'm in love with my girlfriend, or mm-hmm. I'm in love with my boyfriend. You know, whichever the case may be, whoever's listening here. And you know, and they think, well, this is not about me. This is this is you know, I, I don't have to get married, so. And, and, and I'm going to tell the people listening what my view on this is. And I, and I think it's in line with church teaching. I hope it is. In, in, in the sense that when we are in love, right, mm-hmm. and when we're dating and we're seeking what we're doing in dating, a lot of people have this idea that dating is really about just kind of, you know, it, it's not serious. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be serious. It's just fun. Right. The guy and the girl go on a date to have fun, just to have a pass the time. Mm-hmm. It's not serious. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really it's more of a casual sort of a fun relationship. All we're doing is going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And they would even say maybe sometimes like the guy would say about the girl, I, I don't think I'd ever marry that girl. Mm-hmm. But she's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. 
And you stop and think for a second. Now, I'm talking about dating. And I'm not talking about going out with your friends, mm-hmm. hanging out with friends. I'm talking about dating. People have um, uh, relationships mm-hmm. where you have uh, an exclusive relationship between a boy and a girl who are not married. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Right. And what I tell my kids is, you know, you're actually rehearsing for marriage here. Mm-hmm. Not in the physical sense. <laughs> Understand. There's, right. the, the marital embrace belongs by nature in the marriage. Right. Right. So it's not that. But what you're doing is you are actually deciding when you go out with this girl, is this the girl that I'm going to marry? Right. And that's a more serious situation. Right. So when, you know, parents are thinking, well, when do I let my daughter start dating? You know, and most parents will say like what I did. Well, when they're about 30, I'm thinking about 30 is a good age (laughs) because I know what boys think about, you know, when they're like 18 and whatever. But a lot of people are sitting there thinking, well, you know, my daughter's got a, a, a boyfriend and she's only 13. Well, there's, there should be caution there mm-hmm. because at 13, are you really able to discern what true love is and in the sense of a marital love? In other words, right. do, you, do you see this as an opportunity for you to – you're really doing some serious discerning and interviewing. Right. Are you the person that I want to marry, that right. I want to devote my entire life to, that the, the vocation that God is calling me to marry? Yep. And when you do that, well, that changes a lot of things. It's a game changer. Right. You know, and so that's why we're going to go over some some of the attributes and understanding about Christian marriage and see that in the context of Christian love. And then we're going to start to realize that even people who are dating need to understand these concepts of love Mm -hmm. so they can decide whether or not they are truly in love. It it actually may save save them some money on Valentine's Day because they may (laughs) have to break up with this person. (laughs) All all kidding aside. Public service. Yeah, all kidding aside. We're going to take a break real quick. And before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we have a great website, www.com thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love for you to send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com, and I'd love for you to come right back. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is not easy to love with a deep love which lies in the authentic gift of self. This love can only be learned by penetrating the mystery of God's love. Looking at Him, being one with His fatherly heart, we are able to look with new eyes at our brothers and sisters with an attitude of unselfishness and solidarity, of generosity and forgiveness. All this is mercy. These profound words, spoken by Pope John Paul II, encompass the message of divine mercy entrusted to Sister Faustina Kowalska. In Poland in the 1930s, St. Faustina received a message of mercy for the entire world from Jesus Christ himself. In the midst of turmoil after the First World War and the ominous cloud of another war on the horizon, a humble little nun encountered Christ in a series of deep and mysterious mystical experiences. She wrote, In the evening, when I was in my cell, I became aware of the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. From the opening of the garment at the breast, there came forth two large rays, one red and the other pale. Christ told St. Faustina, The two rays denote blood and water. The pale ray stands for the water, which makes souls righteous. The red ray stands for the blood which is the life of souls. Christ commanded St. Faustina to convey his message of mercy to the world. 
He desired that she make known the infinite love he has for all people. My daughter, I demand that you devote all your free moments to writing about my goodness and mercy. It is your office and your assignment throughout your life to continue to make known to souls the great mercy I have for them and to exhort them to trust in my bottomless mercy. The message of St. Faustina calls us back to the church and her sacraments. It calls us to a deeper conversion of heart and a preparation for the final judgment and our own judgment before Christ on the day of our death. Through Faustina, Christ reminds us, He who refuses to pass through the door of my mercy must pass through the door of my justice. Christ told her that after this time of mercy, the day of justice will come, and he urges us to have recourse to his infinite mercy. St. Faustina's life and writings remind us to come and wash ourselves in Christ's mercy. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I'm still sitting here with sidekick Tom Dorian. Good stuff. I love it. That's right. We're all about love. You love it. There I you love go. it. How it's can all, you not? It's right. Is it true love, though? That's the question. There you go. Let's figure it out. So we're talking about true love, and and St. Paul helps us to make that connection between Christ's love for the church, God's love for his people, and you know the husband's love for the wife. So in marriage, we see this this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that tells us some things about marriage, but it also tells us some things about true love. It does. Right? Mm -hmm. Because I guess marriage is true love come to fruition, right? Mm -hmm. It's the ultimate, our ultimate human experience of true love, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, the way that we can live out with another, Mm -hmm. right? Um, One of the things I love, I didn't mention the other time we were reading uh, from Ephesians chapter 5, that that I love that Jesus, uh, a few verses later, actually quotes from Genesis Mm -hmm. when he says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I just, mm-hmm. I love that expression. I love that understanding about husbands and wives. And so when people think that one is, you know, lording over the other, it's not the case. You can't be because you're one flesh. Right. 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 And St. And, and Paul starts by saying, you know, be subordinate to each other. Right. Right. And so there's this, there's this sense of... Uh, it helps us understand marriage when we start to read this this verse. This is one of the most beautiful verses, and I always recommend that this and maybe from the Old Testament we read about Tobit, you know, and praying over the marriage bed. Right, right. Those are, that's a beautiful. Those are beautiful readings to have uh, for a wedding. But so we look at this, and we can answer our true love question by finding out what makes a good marriage. We look at a Catholic, um, you know, teaching about marriage, mm-hmm. and we look at some of these qualities of marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that are required for it to be a valid sacramental bond. Mm-hmm. And we can also look at that and say, this is true love. So as you're going to buy those chocolates, you know, you might <laughs> think, hey, I'm going to step it up and get some Russell Stover's or something because I can get something <laughs> right. nicer than this Walmart brand. Oh, no, right. Nothing bad against Walmart. But, you know, <laughs> the whole point is, you know, how much do you love this person you're, you're getting these gifts for? Right. Right. And so one of the first qualities of marriage is that it's freely given. Mm-hmm. Right, that, that they freely enter into that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so in true love, for it to be true, 
it has to be freely given, freely right. offered. Right. I mean, we all know the old stories of, uh, you know, the shotgun wedding, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, Cousin Bubba's, you know, or, you know, Grandpa, whoever's got the shotgun. and Not true love. That's right. I mean, so in, and when, when a couple get married, because, I mean, I'll, I'll ask, I ask it this way when I ask, you know, kids. It's like, well, would you rather that your girlfriend love you because she wanted to love you or because... You held a shotgun to her head. And yeah, she had to. And she had no choice. Right. Well, that's not true love. Right. So it needs to be freely given. Yep. And so when it's, when, it, when, it's, when it's entered into freely mm-hmm. and consent is freely given without any other kind of impediments or, or hindrances or, um, you know, pressures from family and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, or impending unfortunate situations with uh, addictions and, mm-hmm. you know, people not being in their right mind. Well... If it's not freely, then it's not true love, mm-hmm. which takes away the sacramentality of it. So, again, when you're buying the chocolates, do you love her because you really love her or vice versa? Does she love you because she has she has all the choices in the world, but she chose you? Mm-hmm. You know, this is an important thing. And now the other thing is that what the Ephesians 5 gives us, right? How did Jesus love the church? How does the husband love the wife? handing himself over for her, right? So how did Jesus love the church? He showed his love where? On the cross. On the cross. I mean, yeah. he, he put himself on that cross willingly. He did right. that freely, right. right? It was freely given. Yep. But he was there to the end, yep. right? It was a total self-gift. It was total. He gave of himself totally. He didn't hold anything back. I mean, imagine if Jesus had got up on the cross and after about an hour, an hour and a half, you know, he's like looking at his watch and he's going, you know, this hurts. Yeah, I'm getting down. I hate it. I'm, I'm God. I don't have to put up with this. I'm getting down. This is painful. Right. Well, that's not, that is not a total self-gift. Right. That's a partial gift. Right. Right. And so that, that unfortunately, like a, that would be, that, that's problematic. It is. And that's not true love. So for it to be true, it's like a total investment. Right. And that's the whole part about the one flesh. And that's the whole part about uh, uh, St. Paul saying, that you subordinate yourself to each other. Right. You give of each other totally. Right. You empty yourself of yourself so that your spouse fills you. Right. And this is a beautiful sentiment and a beautiful idea, but it involves a total self-gift. Yep. And interesting, as a little side, by the way, mm-hmm. that total self-gift is also where we get the teaching, one of the major uh, fundamental reasons why the Catholic Church teaches that contraception is, is an interruption right. Right. to this gift, right? Right. to this, to this uh, free, freely given and total gift right right so if you have this this uh free you, you, this, this love for this other person and you you declare that love and then you express that maritally once you're married in a physical way mm-hmm. and you say well i i'm gonna honey i will give you everything except that except that yeah. except this i'm gonna hold this gift back right in fact the very gift that actually helps the life-giving part of this happen right well that's not true love and I know it's a difficult. Those are hard words. It it's a hard saying. It's something that you know people say. Well, wait a second. I got a. Are you telling me I don't love my wife if I'm using contraception? What I'm saying is, well, you need to you need to investigate what the church teaches and what St. Paul is telling us here about total self gift, and ask yourself: Am I giving of myself totally to my spouse? Right. Right. Yep. Same thing for women. You need to stop and think. Is this a total self-gift? Very important, uh, very important concept. Yep. Now, and then also, we'll look at this other aspect that the relationship St. Paul tells us about mm-hmm. is a covenantal relationship. Right. 
Jesus made a covenant with mm-hmm. his church. In fact, a lot of times in, in, in Mass we hear this, the new and everlasting or right. new and eternal covenant. Yeah, he is the new covenant. That's right. We hear this. So, we, we, you know, God is always making these promises, mm-hmm. vows that he pledges, and they're unbreakable. When God said, they're indissoluble. They will not end. They're eternal. Right. Right. So he made it with, uh, you know, with Adam. He made it with uh, Abraham, Noah, Moses, you know, and of course, Jesus being the new and everlasting covenant. Right. It will never be broken. It will never end. Right. Well, if we're if Paul is making that that connection to marriage, serious stuff, then marriages can't end. Yeah, it's serious. stuff. A marriage that is that is called together by God, that is blessed by God, that is sacramental in nature, that basically all of these things are true, that is un- indissoluble. Right. We let no man put asunder. That's what the scriptures say. We can't put that asunder. Right. So it's an important thing. And then, of course, that marriage has to be open to life. It's a beautiful gift. Marriage, we are the crown of creation, and it's beautiful that we get to, our crowning glory is to take part in, in creation. Right. Right? And so when we hold back again, we hold back that gift. If we're not open to life, then there's a very serious problem yeah. about true love. Is it true love if we are not ever going to allow that love to be creative? Yeah. Right? Yep. St. Uh, 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 Paul is so, so clear that it's a total self-gift. Mm-hmm. And when we hold back that gift, then it's it's not going to be a true love. And that, again, mm-hmm. these can be harsh words. And, you know, I know uh, one of the things that John Paul II spoke a lot about, especially in his theology of the body, talked about this sort of unitive and procreative nature mm-hmm. of the marital relationship. Mm-hmm. That uni- unifying, you know, taking, getting each other to heaven. You are there to build each other up, to make each other stronger, to be the helpmate that was talked about in uh, uh, that Eve would be for for Adam in Genesis. But at the same time, you're there to be part of creation, right? To to answer that call from God to be fruitful and multiply. And that doesn't mean that, that if you don't have babies, that you're a failure at marriage. It means that 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 wasn't maybe God's call for that particular marriage. But we have to be open to God's call, whatever right. that's going to be, whatever God's will is. We have to pray for that. Yep. You know, and of course, we can have a show on. Um, humanae vitae and understand about mm-hmm. uh, spacing births and all these things. These are all things come into play, but the concept of the openness to life is part of that. Right. So we see all of these things in marriage. We realize what St. Paul is telling us about marriage. And so as we go shopping for our loved ones, you know, are we shopping for that spouse, for that loved one mm-hmm. that we feel called to be with for all eternity, mm-hmm. right? All here on earth. That, that forever, indissoluble relationship, right? Because right? one of those most beautiful images is the idea that our marriage on heaven is a foretaste of our relationship with God. That's why Jesus says there's no hev- marriage given in heaven. Right. Because at that point, we are now focused on God. That's right. Right. We understand that. And the best way we can understand that is through our married relationships. That's what true love is. That's what the standard we need to hold ourselves to, especially when we go shopping for those chocolates. Right, Tom? That's good stuff. That's right. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Yes, sir. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts and blessings you've given us, especially the gift of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, sent to reconcile us to you forever. Father, help us to see this saving act as it truly is, the single most loving gesture in all of history, and help us to pattern all our acts of love after the cross of the Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, and God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.